Well, hello, and welcome to the Van Life Pantry Podcast, Episode 4, where we talk all things food, kitchen, and pantry for vehicle nomads. Today we are going to talk about truck stops. We're going to discuss trying to eat healthy when you are perhaps not in a place to visit a full grocery store or do not have healthy food on hand with you. So, let's get started. I recently visited a truck stop specifically to give this um, some additional information that I didn't already have. I don't always stop at truck stops. I don't always gas up at truck stops. And so I hadn't really ever looked at what you can purchase to eat, real eating, not just snacking, in a truck stop. And I wanted to make sure that we addressed that because people do sleep in truck stops and people do shower in truck stops and stop there often. And a lot of times you want to just grab your food there. Um, And historically, that has not been a very good option because it's been more like Mini Mart. Um, And I'm finding in recent years, or maybe even only just recent multiple months, More and more truck stops are offering somewhat healthier alternatives. And I did a little internet research to see what they are offering as well. So what I found was, of course, most truck stops have restaurants attached to them or inside them. And usually those are fast food of some sort. The one I stopped at had Taco Bell and Subway. And... It's not super easy to eat what I would consider healthy at a Taco Bell and maybe more so at a Subway, but um, I actually have a pretty hefty definition for nutritious for myself. And that normally is, if I can't pronounce the ingredient, then I don't want it in my body. And so for me, a health is equated with eating things that are not super chemical created industrial food um, that comes from nothing you would ever recognize in nature. So I like to stick to things that are more natural, if possible, and I think that's healthier for us. Uh, I am not a nutritionist, I am not a doctor, and you can take or leave my opinions on that, but Over the last 25 years or so, um, I've been on a path toward healthier eating and I've thrown out things as I've made that journey that were less healthy. Does not mean that I always choose healthy and it does not mean that I don't fall off the wagon, as it were, and sometimes enjoy a soda, albeit a crafted soda without a bunch of um, chemicals in it. Um, or even chocolate or snacks of of those types. So I wanted to at least look at what possibilities there were for healthier eating at a truck stop. So I took a lot of photos of what was available, and I was actually encouraged to know that maybe you can't cook a fun meal necessarily without some major creativity um, using these ingredients, but you can have raw fresh, nutritious food from a truck stop. You can have um, a a whole lunch, uh, maybe a non-cook lunch, 
even a non-cooked dinner, and definitely a breakfast from a truck stop. And we could call that healthy. So many of the truck stops have prepared foods. That would be the sandwiches that are already made, the veggie packs that have little cut up vegetables that are already processed and put into, I don't mean chemically processed or industrially processed, other than in a cutting process and preparing for bite-sized, handheld sized pieces so that they are easy for dipping into the ranch or other dipping sauce that usually comes with them. So I saw lots of that. Sandwiches, veggie packs, and salads. There are a lot of green salad options, and the salads come with various toppings. Onions, cheese, eggs, lunch meat, etc. They have various types of salads. So that was encouraging to know. You can have a nice, prepared, raw, healthy salad from a truck stop. Many of them also have frozen prepared foods. This is where you start to get into the maybe not quite as healthy, but, you know, for you, maybe your your health requirements are not the same as mine. And so those would work just great for you. Um, there are a lot of dehydrated foods. So those are usually pretty good because they took something from nature that existed um, in its raw form that was probably good for you and dehydrated it so that it has a long shelf life, but it still resembles the thing that it started as. For instance, banana chips, um, dehydrated berries, freeze-dried berries are also good, and freeze-dried other fruits are often found at these places and are common. Um, Jerky, lots of meats that have been dehydrated. Now, when you're looking at jerky, you're going to also want to look at the ingredient lists because I personally try to stay away from some of the more harsh preservatives and the nitrates and the nitrites and all of that. I don't think I could find uh, jerky at a truck stop that doesn't have some of the things that I don't want to eat. One of the things I have to stay away from is grains and corn is a grain and corn syrup is in everything. And jerky heavily uses corn syrup. Lots of varieties of jerky do. So I have to avoid those. Now, can I eat them? Yes, I won't go into anaphylactic shock and die if I eat them. But it does cause my body pain. And I prefer to stay away from those things that cause me pain. So if I were starving, if I needed them, yes, I could buy something and eat it. And I wouldn't die of it. Um, But I like to stay as healthy as I can. I like to stay as pain-free as I can. And so I avoid those things. But jerky is a good option for people who don't have the food-crazy sensitivities that I have. And we can also find um, nuts and seeds. Lots of nuts and seeds. Lots of trail mix there. Lots of prepackaged foods that would be good. Now, in a van, you're going to want to consider the other ingredients in your trail mix and especially going into the warm season now you're not going to want to have yogurt covered raisins or chocolate covered anything or chocolate bits or chocolate chips because they're going to melt unless you keep them in your fridge your cooler or your you know whatever the fridge is that you're using if you're in a cooler 
you've got issues with water and getting things soggy. So if you are using a cooler and you're using ice for cooling everything, I suggest using a tray or um, some sort of item that will elevate your food above the ice and above the melt line of the ice so that when the ice does melt and you have all that water in the bottom of your cooler, your food is still up on a tray that will keep it cold but keep it out of the water. Um, You can often find the wire trays that are actually created to hold dishes and elevate them with little legs in your cupboard. Those work great because they have little legs that keep your food above the melt line and they're small enough to fit in your cooler. So um, those are carried by almost all stores that carry anything related to kitchenware or kitchen um, dishware. And I don't, I'll have to see if I can find some and maybe put them in show notes because um, I'm sure that we could find some that work. I'm using something that I had at my house and I don't have a product name for it. Anyway, so if you have trail mix and you have something that will melt Um, you definitely want to keep it in the cooler and you want to keep it not soggy. So if you have a 12 volt fridge or some other electrical fridge, then you don't have to worry as much about that because you have nice cold and you don't have the ice problem. Um, They also often have canned foods. There were a lot of chili, a lot of various kinds of beans, even various vegetables there were tuna cans. Um, They even had some sardines. So you can get canned foods and some are healthier than others and some are maybe not as great, but at least those do exist. Those are available and those make good lunches or dinners. You can heat them up. You can use them in cooking. There are various ways to use those. So I wanted to talk about something that I actually created that I could have, anybody could create from the ingredients I found at the truck stop. I decided to just do a tuna sandwich lunch and I used potato chips, which are not the healthiest, but they are definitely one of the things that I have not gotten rid of. Um, I do still love a good potato chip. So Uh, There was tuna available, and I could use that. There were pre-packaged boiled eggs available, so I put boiled egg in my tuna. You can get mayo packets at almost all truck stops, so I used mayonnaise. You can get pickled, a packaged dill pickle, so I cut up pickle and use that. You can maybe or maybe not purchase an onion. (laughs) I did not purchase an onion. I did not see raw onions that were uncut. But if it is, if there's a restaurant there, you could purchase maybe a 25 cent little side ramekin of onion and use that. Or of course, if you have been traveling and you are carrying an onion in your rig, you can use that. So I did put onion because I like to have onion in my tuna. Uh, Salt and pepper, they do have salt and pepper packets. 
you can also purchase condiments elsewhere and carry them in your vehicle. So salt and pepper goes in and uh, bell pepper. I didn't see one at this truck stop, but I like to also use bell pepper sometimes and you can or cannot, if you choose, put one in. Um, so that's another ingredient. And then you can put them on crackers, which are available at truck stops, or bread, you, which is also available. You can usually buy a loaf of bread. And chips, of course, are available almost anywhere you go. And I always choose plain, simple, salted potato chips because all of those flavors that they put in have maltodextrin, which means corn, and I don't eat those. So I was able to go and make a full meal, albeit not one that was, you know, something you might want to cook and have as a specialty dinner um, from a truck stop, and it was healthy. I didn't have to succumb to eating candy or other things that might have not been as good. So I know, I, <laughs> okay, let me just say, I don't want to put anyone off by my discussion of healthy versus unhealthy. I'm not saying that anything that anyone else chooses to eat is good or bad for them. I am just saying I want to choose a particular level of nutrition for myself. And so when I throw that word around, it is not meant to impugn anyone else who chooses other items than I choose. So that said, let's move on. I wanted to talk about storing items without refrigeration. I did a small list like this on my Facebook group, Fan Life Pantry, a month or two or maybe even three now ago, and I wanted to share that list because these are things that, some of these things were also available at the truck stop, and you could pick up a few extra items and just keep them in your vehicle, and you don't necessarily have to have refrigeration for all of these items. So again, moving into the heat season, we are probably going to need more cooling and refrigeration for these items than you would if you were carrying them in the winter or the colder months. And that also depends on where you are. Um, where I am sitting in my van today, it is about 65 degrees outside, but it is about 85 degrees in the vehicle. And if I left my food sitting out where the sun actually could reach it directly, it would go bad very quickly. So these are items that you can store mostly without refrigeration for a decent length of time. Some of these seven to 10 days, some of them a couple of months if they're in a cool dry area. And you might want to consider having these on hand because sometimes when you are hungry, the hunger strikes and you're tempted to pull into the fast food restaurant and eat something that really isn't very healthy for you. Um, if you have some of these things on hand to eat, then you don't have to give in to that urge. So I'm just going to give you a list and podcasting is not really conducive to list making, but um, I'm going to go slowly enough that hopefully that will be all right for you. First, I want to say, um, how do you store vegetables without refrigeration? One of the things that I looked at is washed versus unwashed. And we had this discussion when I did the egg podcast. And once again, unwashed 
in my opinion, seems to be the better way to go until the time that you're ready to use the vegetable. So the less handling, the more longevity this vegetable or fruit has. So I think if you can buy it even directly from a farmer's market, then you're going to have it last even longer because a lot of times the way that those are washed was very gentle. A lot of farmer's market participants are required to wash somewhat and other states and other jurisdictions say that they can't have washed them at all. So uh, it just depends on where you are and what their practices are. But the less washing before you get it, the better. Uh, Anything that you get from a store is already going to have been washed because they have industrial requirement and they have industrial food washing processes that those go through. So less washing equals more longevity. Um, You want to look for things that have not already been refrigerated because having been refrigerated and then taken out of refrigeration makes them last less time. Uh, You want to be careful about choosing items that don't have already have bruises. Um, I saw that this is actually difficult. It seems to me that the truck stop fruits and veggies actually are the seconds that the grocery stores didn't want. So they just funnel them on over there to the truck stop. The bananas were mm, moderately still okay, but lots of bruises. The apples had lots of bruises. Um, The citrus looked okay. But for the most part, you're not going to get the choicest veggies and fruits at your truck stop. But you can still try to choose the least bruised of the items there so that they will last longer. I fall into this problem category often. Don't buy too much. Uh, I heard Jeff Wag in the Built to Go podcast the other day. I don't remember which podcast number that I was listening to, but one of his caveats was don't buy things that you're going to need later for something down the road. He was talking about his build and he was going into hardware stores and had to remind himself not to overbuy right now. Just buy for the product project that you're making. Buy for the thing that you're doing right now. So don't buy too much. If you want a few extra veggies and fruits to be on hand so that when the hunger monster hits, you don't have to give in to fast food, do buy a little bit more than you need for this meal. Buy a few extras, but don't buy a whole bag of something that's going to go bad before you get to use it. Transport your items gently. Now, we all know driving in a vehicle of any type, no matter what type you are nomading in, it I've been told that it is like driving an earthquake for the items that are inside that vehicle. Every time it moves, every time it turns, every time it jostles, every time it goes over a speed bump, it is like sending an earthquake through all of the items that exist there. So, I was reading a few articles about this and getting some ideas from Pinterest and here and there. And you can use a hammock to hold your vegetables. So they make specialty vegetable hammocks uh, or even other kinds of tool and and gear hammocks um, that hang. The thing that you want to think about when you do those is 
wire basket hammocks. Those are traditionally created for kitchens and holding fruit and, and vegetables and onions. The problem with those is the wires cut into the items that sit there at the pressure points. The part that the vegetable or fruit that is laying on the wire ends up getting bruised over time, especially if you're driving in an earthquake, driving an earthquake, as it were. So you want to use something that will cushion the vegetables, but still allow ventilation. Maybe a piece of cheesecloth or some other kind of napkin or towel that is linen or loose weave enough that it will allow airflow, but it will cushion the item so that it doesn't get those pressure point bruises and scrapes. So those are things to think about. If you're a crocheter or a knitter, you can make your own hammocks. Um, you can also look at toy hammocks, although the holes are awfully big and those are usually much larger. But some version of that could help you hang those items because the other big piece to this is you need ventilation. However, <laughs> you don't want them hanging in direct sunlight because you don't want direct sunlight and heat. You want dark and cool as much as possible. So you have to juxtapose these problems against each other and, and decide which is the most important. So maybe while you're stopped somewhere and you are hanging out and doing whatever you do, you hang them up and you have ventilation because your door's open, your fan's going, whatever. And then while you are driving or when you're parked and you're not in your vehicle, you stow them somewhere that still has some ventilation but is darker and cooler. Inside a cooler, under a seat, under something, um, in a cupboard, somewhere that you can allow those things to have that ventilation. So now the list. The things that you can keep relatively long and have them still last a decent amount of time are carrots and celery. Those are great for dipping, carrying, cutting, having as little snack-sized bites. Who doesn't like celery and carrots, except the person that I know who's allergic to carrots, <laughs> severely allergic. So if you do have an allergy, of course, don't carry those things. Don't use those things. Um, but carrots are always good. Celery is always good for those people who can have them. Potatoes. We all know potatoes last a pretty long time. And the only thing that you'll look for is, are they starting to grow eyes? Are they starting to sprout? If those things are happening, you're going to throw them out. If they get too soft or if they start to feel squishy, you're not going to want to eat them. But for the most part, potatoes can last you two weeks or more. And those are always good to eat. Now, you don't want to eat those raw, although I did. It was one of my favorite foods when I was younger to eat raw. And you can. Um, I don't know, there was an old wives tale that it would cause parasites, but I never had a problem with that. So I don't think that that's an issue. Uh, cabbage, cabbage will last several weeks if you protect it from bruising. And if you keep it dry, cabbage will start to rot or wilt if it is wet and, or if it is in direct sunlight or it gets too hot. Summer squash and zucchini. These will last seven days, sometimes 10 days, if they're not in direct sun. And you can use them in all kinds of dishes. And if you have, let's say you buy four 
summer squash for zucchini. You can use one a day and you've got almost a week's worth of food there. Um, hard squash. Hard squash can last for months, but again, not in a really hot vehicle. So these are all assuming that you have a normal indoor temperature, which would be gauged at about 65 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, tomatoes. If you buy them in varying stages of ripeness and you don't buy tomatoes that are already too ripe, you can store these seven to 10 days. Uh, they do better if they are in a darker place, a cooler place, like most of these do. Avocados. Don't buy more than two <laughs> because they are going to go bad before you get to eat them. But if you buy an avocado that's ready right now, and you buy one that is a little bit harder and not quite ready, you can have avocado today and you can have avocado tomorrow and the next day. And you've gone three days with this fruit vegetable and it got you through. Broccoli and cauliflower. These typically will last at least a week. You do not want to wrap them too tightly. Again, all of these are going to need ventilation. One of the tips that I learned when I was younger was storing some of these items in water, actually, but you don't want ice water. You want perhaps mm -hmm. your celery mm -hmm. and your carrots to stand up, right, in a small cup with water in the bottom. Not, not all the way full, but maybe an inch of water at the bottom can help celery and carrots and maybe even broccoli stay crisp and fresh longer because they're drinking this liquid up and it helps keep them better in their natural state. So that is the list. Those are the ideas. Those are the things that you can do when you are going to a truck stop or when you're in any kind of mini mart situation. Um, bananas are always good and quick. Apples, they're always good and quick, but you get tired of those. So you want some of these other options try something canned and warm it. Try some fresh veggies and cut those up. You could even buy the already cut up veggie tray with its dip and you could just saute it in a pan. So you don't have to eat it raw if you don't want to. Now the drawbacks to buying your items of food at a truck stop is price. You are going to pay more. They are almost always going to cost maybe not double, but a good deal more than if you drove another mile down the road or sometimes even a half mile or sometimes three miles down the road and went to a regular grocery store to get your food. Grocery outlet or other kinds of outlet grocery markets exist all over and regular grocery stores exist all over. So if you're in a town or a city or you're passing through one, Google where the next grocery store is before you go buying your meal at the truck stop. If you are in a pinch and you just have to get gas and go and you don't want the fast food, definitely can eat more healthy from the truck stop and they do have the foods available. Now, some of them don't and, you know, that's okay too, but um, I always make sure I carry some nuts and some raisins and some other items so that when I'm in a food desert, I won't be stuck without something already in my vehicle that I can eat, even if it's not going to be a super duper specialty meal.
So that's about it for me today. Um, I hope that you have your own ideas about what you want to do with healthier foods and making sure that being on the road does not equal eating badly or choosing things that have horrible ingredients and are not going to help you continue on your journey in optimal health. Now, not food related, but I just want to say I've been downsizing my house because up to this point, we have still had our home base and we have lived on the West Coast and we are looking at half timing in our vehicle and moving and purchasing some property somewhere else. Um, we don't know specifically yet where that's going to be, but we do have an idea. I might share it at some point when the plan solidifies a bit more. Um, but I will just say that part of the reason I don't edit and I don't plan ahead more than I do already, even though I am trying to continue this and I want to get better each time, is that I've been spending 12 to 14 hour days downsizing, cleaning, getting rid of things, painting, doing things that you have to do to get ready to change the way your life is running. And I still currently have a full-time job that I have to go to in a building every day. That, I hope, is going to change as well because I am looking, as I've said, to pivot to completely remote work. Um, but for now, I have to be somewhere in a building every day and then go home and spend six or seven hours doing all of this downsizing and preparation. So I'm going to come out of this a minimalist. <laughs> I've been saying that for years and it is time. I am ready to be much more minimalistic than I have been. And point of excitement, my tent arrived today. So we have a four-person tent, but it's a small, well, a three-person tent. We've always used a three-person tent. And it's small and it's harder to climb into and I am getting older and I don't want to hunch over and climb down into a tent. So I purchased a tent that is a four-person tent, but it's a tall one. So I can actually stand up inside. And my only worry was that the tent itself, when closed down into its carry bag, was going to be too long. And it will take up more room than I would like it to take up. It does take the entire width of the vehicle if I lay it widthwise. So that is pretty long for a packaged up tent. But I'm excited to try it out. We are going to be taking a few weekend trips in the next few months once we get all of this downsizing stuff taken care of. And I will be sharing more that pertains to weekending um, and those considerations that you have to think about when you are planning for your weekend, when you um, have things in your vehicle that are permanently there that you keep there, but maybe you don't keep everything there all the time. And so we'll have to go over what lists you want to make to remember <laughs> to take your can opener, for instance, or um, your matches or your butane canisters, whatever it is that you don't always carry with you, we will be making lists to make sure that you don't forget them when you are on the road. I thank you once again for joining me, 
And I hope that some of these ideas have helped you today and given you some food for thought. I will catch you next time. Until then, happy travels.